Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, Mary Jane Minkin, Dr. Minkin. Hello, welcome to the show today. I'm so delighted to have you you back on the show. I'm good. Can you hear me okay? for the invitation. Yeah, pleasure. I can hear you just fine. So, Dr. Minkin, you were nicely quoted in what I thought was a superbly written very timely article written by Susan Dominus in New York Times Magazine about this issue about hormone replacement therapy for women undergoing menopause. Uh, did you read the whole mm-hmm. article, by the way? Did you read the whole oh, thing? Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. Of course. So, so the premise of the article that Susan writes is that maybe a generation and a half ago now, a while ago, uh, a study came out that said that it would be dangerous for women to take hormone replacement therapy to go through menopause. And basically on a dime, the entire medical establishment decided, hey, that's right, and we're not going to give it anymore to women. Is that true? The answer is partially true. Um, it was it was partially the medical establishment, but it was also partially the way, unfortunately, the study results were presented in the media, um, which was also somewhat fomented by the medical community, to be sure, uh, getting women all excited. And the key thing is, the, the, the thing that really was the 
the anxiety-provoking event in the news was that there did seem to be a very, very, very slight increased risk of breast cancer in women, women who had a uterus who were taking estrogen plus progestins, not just women who had a hysterectomy. They actually never showed any increased risk. They actually showed a decreased risk of, of breast really? cancer when given just estrogen alone. Yep, well, so we can talk about that in a minute. But anyway, in the estrogen plus progestin group, the increase was actually not even statistically significant in their first batch of data, but be that as it may, very tiny numbers. But the minute American women hear the word breast cancer in anything, it's done gone. Okay. So that basically people panicked. The news media didn't help anything with fomenting this anxiety. And then doctors were like, well, women don't want this stuff anyway. We're not going to prescribe it. And went by the by. So it was sort of a joint, a joint effort by uh, everybody involved to say, okay, we're not going to bother to use this stuff anymore. But this stuff is critical <laughs> for women. What are we talking I about, agree. Dr. Minkin? Are you kidding me? I, I agree. So you're I the agree. doctor. Why don't you tell us, generally speaking, the benefit of having estrogen? Well, the major benefit, of course, for most people is helping symptomatology. I mean, there are a lot of things that women can, un- can experience as they go through the perimenopausal transition and going through menopause. And the fabulous things like hot flashes, night sweats, uh, poor sleep, waking up at night in a sweat or just waking up. People get experiencing vaginal dryness, bladder issues, achiness, forgetfulness, all these fabulous things that women can experience as we go through menopause. And the basic therapy that people came up with. I mean, estrogen therapy has been around for about seven, about, I want to say 80 years now, since 1942. First estrogen product came in 1942, so it's a while now. And so we've known for a number of years that we can take care of pretty much all of these symptoms significantly, maybe not totally, but significantly by the use of estrogen therapy. So it basically is the most effective therapy that's out there for taking care of all the symptoms that are there. Um, however, uh, that uh, many women, again, when they hear the, anything that has to do with breast cancer, they get very nervous and they decide, that's it, we're done with it, and we will put up with all these symptoms. Now, we do have other therapies, and there's actually a couple of new therapies that are going to be coming out in the not terribly distant future, which are very effective. We do have a new therapy coming out for hot flashes, for example. It's not here yet, but it's coming out, and it's a great drug for hot flashes, but it doesn't help with the vaginal dryness. It doesn't help with the achiness. It doesn't help with a lot of the other stuff. So when they, when, you know, they comes back to that James Bond song, which I will, well, I guess I'll sing it for your listeners. They don't want to hear my voice, though. Nobody does it better. That basically that you can take care of pretty much all the symptoms with estrogen. However, there are certain people who shouldn't be taking estrogen, um, and we have other alternatives which work reasonably well, and we can do a whole bunch of other different things to take care of them. And when women got all nervous about taking the estrogen, <laughs> things just didn't do so good. The other issue, though, that's out there, all kidding around the side, besides symptomatology, which is the major driver for people taking it, are health issues. And, of course, the one health issue that's been known for many, many years before this Women's Health Initiative ever was thought about is the bone protection, that there's really no question, and this has no been established question. for many years, of that estrogen helps prevent osteoporosis. And that's, that's not even on the docket. Of course, the other thing, though, that actually prompted the Women's Health 
initiative, because the Women's Health Initiative was never intended to be a study of let's talk about all the effects and side effects of estrogen therapy. No, it had a specific intent. And the question driven the drove the WHI to be done in the first place was, does estrogen help prevent heart disease? That was the question that drove the WHI. And how that got started is that in the 1970s going into the 1980s, there were a number of studies coming out that said, gee, you know, it looks like these women who take estrogen for whatever reason, you know, whatever they were taking it for, seem to have a lot fewer number of heart attacks, angina, things like that, cardiac disease. And the question became is, gee, isn't this interesting? And these were not prospective randomized trials. These were just observational studies saying, gee, these ladies seem to get a lot less heart disease if they're taking estrogen for their symptomatology. And so what happened is the WHI was started to initiate to investigate, does this estrogen therapy indeed help prevent heart attacks? Uh, So they did the study, prospective randomized double-blind trial, giving some women estrogen, or in the women who had uterus, estrogen, and progestin, they had two major groups. And then there were the group of ladies um, uh, who, you know, were given placebo. And it was a prospective randomized. You didn't know which one you were getting. And what happened, again, in July 2002, uh, people sort of broke the code and looked at, CG. what's going on here? And it seemed to be that the women who were taking the estrogen plus progestin actually did not seem to have any significantly lower risk of getting heart disease, and they did seem to have this very, very slight increased risk of breast cancer. And that was it. Okay, we stopped the study. The study was done. I see. Okay. Oh, now, there wow. was another group of the study, and that was the ladies who had had a history. Hysterectomy. Women who have had a hysterectomy do not have to take any progestins or progesterone with the estrogen because the estro- the progesterone is there to protect the lining of the uterus from right. getting overgrown. That's right. really what it's there for. Right. And in those women, actually, they never noticed an increased risk of breast cancer. They actually saw a slight decrease in the risk of breast cancer, no increases. And that study went on for another couple of years. They finished that study in 2004. Um, and again, they didn't show any significant improvement in heart disease in all comers when they looked at their overall data. Although there was a group they did see substantial benefits for, and we can talk about that in a minute. But they just sort of stopped the study at that point. Now, Part of the problem, because people say, well, why didn't they, why do all these other studies that show women are getting a lot less heart disease, why didn't the WHI show a lot less heart disease? Well, a good part of the problem is women who are taking estrogen therapy as they go through menopause are pretty young women. I mean, young, not, not that 60s course. or 70s are young, right. are, are 50s, old, of course. But, 50s, but 60s, 50s, right. But, but the ladies right. were 40s, 50s, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And they seem to be getting the protection. The Women's Health Initiative was actually, in a sense, deliberately constructed to study older women. They're the ones more at risk of heart disease, so they figured, well, we'll treat these ladies, they'll be okay. And so the average age of women entering the WHI was 63. Okay. Now, they had a few women who were youngsters in the 50s, but the average age was 63, and about 20% of the women studied in the WHI were between the ages of 70 and 79 as they were enrolled. Certainly not the typical people we put on estrogen for hot flashes. Right. So anyway, so the data actually, people felt that the, the probable explanation for why didn't they show the heart protection is that these women were significantly older, had been in menopause for a number of years before they initiated the therapy, and this so-called gap time, the time between menopause and the initiation therapy, 
funny things were happening with the cardiac vessels at that point, leading to some you know, bad stuff, atherosclerosis and things like that. And then by the time they got the estrogen, it wasn't going to help because it was sort of too late along the game. So we believe that that's the explanation. Many of us believe that's the explanation. And there are indeed some smaller studies which have been done, what we call prospective randomized trials, looking at younger women given estrogen versus older women given estrogen, and indeed showing that the, if you give estrogen to the younger women as they sort of go through menopause or shortly thereafter, you do get some protection, whereas the older women, it's not beneficial and may actually have some harm for some, some of the older women. So that's sort of what we learned. But long story short, that the study basically did not show the protection people anticipated. It is not an official indication to protect against heart disease based on the, the WHI data, um, but it certainly has the benefit of protecting against osteoporosis. Every, nobody disagrees with that. Well, osteoporosis is a pretty, pretty big problem for women. Like, it's a huge problem. It is. My mother used to stay, my mother once problem. was standing in her garage, literally, and her mm-hmm. entire ankle shattered. I mean, it still has three pins in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that happened, Mm -hmm. I think she was in her mid-70s. I mean, give me a break. That's really important. Yep. Yep. No, it's extremely important. We'll take your questions and your comments. We're talking about estrogen replacement therapy, what women need to get older safely, and what are the balances on the benefits and risks of taking estrogen and progesterone. So, Dr. Minkin, just just to come back a little bit to this. Um, All right, let's go to the calls. We have who? Who do we have? Marsha from Stratford, you're on the air with Dr. Minkin. Go ahead, please, Marsha. Hi. I was just sitting here in my daughter's driveway listening to your conversation. I'm extremely interested because I wanted to let you know that I have been taking hormone replacement. I am actually 82, and I have been taking it since I was 50 years old. Good girl. And I had a hysterectomy at 50 And my doctor at the time told me to take it, that it would not harm me. And you can't see me, but people stop me all the time. I have don't look my age. I don't feel my age. (laughs) It's just amazing to me that some doctors will not give it to women, and women are so foolish not to take it because it's just you're ageless when you take it. I feel like I'm like... 30 years old. Yeah, estrogen, like is, yeah. estrogen is the fountain yeah. of youth, Marsha. It totally is the fountain it of is. youth. Totally. It's, un- it's just unfreaking believable that I, I look so young. They think my daughter's my friend. I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not bragging about myself. I'm just telling women, do oh. not be afraid to take it because it definitely helps you. You know, I have no health issues. I am thin. I am able. I'm, I go everywhere. I go on vacation. People can't believe I'm 82 years old. And it just amazes me. I'll never go off it until the day I die. <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. Yeah. Dr. Minkin, I got to ask you about something. I really want, I'm, and I'm, and I'm mad because I'm a pretty educated woman. I have polycystic ovary disease. So I got my own issues with ovaries and crap and estrogen and hormones always being off, but I've put on a lot of weight through this last five years. Like it's a spare tire around my, I can't handle it. I, it just bothers me. And I took very, 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 very little estrogen. I cut the patch in half. Instead of taking it twice a week, I would take it a patch, a half of it once a week. I, I did very little of the recommended dosage. And I think I probably screwed myself up as a result. But I was so afraid of it because I was so afraid that maybe I'd get cancer. Dr. Minkin, you've got well, to help us. 
Go ahead. Well, thank you, Marsha. I, I wish, Marsha, you sound you sound fabulous, and God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. You sound terrific. Right. Um, and I wish I could I could I wish I could lie, but I can't lie um, to say that if people took estrogen, that's really going to help the weight situation. I can't say that. We have pretty good studies to say that yes, women who take estrogen through the menopause transition gain a little bit less weight than those who don't, but it's not a huge amount. However, I think many women, when they take the estrogen, will feel better. They'll get better sleep. And we certainly know that sleep is associated with weight issues, weight. that people That's who don't true. sleep but have trouble with weight, and that they feel more energetic as far as because they've gotten to sleep, and they can get the, a lot of exercise and stuff like that. But as I said, I wouldn't say that that's a, a panacea for it, but I would also say that we want you feeling well. And again, good nutrition and exercise are key. You know, okay. Unfortunately, there does seem to be this, without estrogen, there does seem to be some sort of deposition issue where people even just redistribute their weight in the middle. Yes. Um, um, which yes. is a little tricky. Yes. Do we know exactly why? No, no. And I believe me, I'm trying to recruit menopause researchers every day of my life. I try to torture my medical students into going into OBGYN and specializing in menopause. I said, because you'll get a no guaranteed Nobel Prize if you can figure out some of these things, because mm -hmm. we really don't know the answers. But we do need a lot more work along those lines. We're talking about hormone replacement therapy. I will say that one of the most frustrating things, doctor, to read in the article was at the very end when the writer of the article demanded, tried to demand of her own OBGYN that she get some of this hormone replacement therapy. And the woman doctor said to her, your symptoms are not severe enough. Did you read that? Yes, I did. And I think the correct answer is that she should have talked to another provider, which she did. And I think that was the smart thing to do. Um, so I think you need a couple of things that I would counsel is that people get themselves in with a doctor or nurse practitioner or nurse PA. I mean, it doesn't have to be an MD, uh, somebody who's well-versed in this. So I am going to give people a couple of resources, if that's okay, Lisa, for your, for your listeners. Please. Um, one thing, again, I, I would, uh, with, with, with pouting, patting myself on the tush here a little bit, I'm going to encourage folks to go to my exciting website, madamovary.com, M-A-D-A-M-E-O-V-A-R-Y.com. That's my website. Lots of podcast information, written information, videos with education about these topics. The other thing, though, that I would strongly encourage all listeners, if they say, gee, I'm not communicating well with my provider, whoever that is, that the North American Menopause Society, whose website is menopause.org, that you can go to the website and go to four patients. There's part of the website's for providers, part of it's for patients. And you can go to a site on the site there that you can plug in your zip code and the association will list a, a whole list of menopause experts in your area, people who are members of the North American oh, Menopause Society. Also listing there is a special certification in menopause training uh, called a NAM Certified Menopause Practitioner, an NCMP, and they will list the NCMP people around people who've got that certification. So I have one more in the question. Country, All right. So madamovary.com with an E, menopause.org. Yep. But I do have another question for you. Sure. What if a woman listening right now is 60 and her doctor refused to give her hormone replacement therapy, but she wants to live to 90 and she wants to be healthy? Can she go on hormones at any time or has she missed the window? 
Well, that's an excellent question, and the answer is, unfortunately, it's hard to answer that one in a minute, because basically the magic number that people do think about, and Sue talked about that in the article, is sort of 60 or 10 years after your last period. So, for example, if somebody who had her last menstrual period when she was 57, and there are people in that category, and they're now 60, they're new to menopause. They're basically only three okay. years out, and they okay. certainly would be reasonable candidates. Okay. If somebody went through menopause, say, at 48, and she's now 60, a lot of people would say, well, gee, there's a lot of time since then, but and what's it may not the be harm? so great for your heart. But what? Oh, the heart. Well, there could be the concern is heart issues. So basically, the as far as bone health, bone institution, you know, estrogen therapy is 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 probably helpful at any point. It doesn't replace the bone, but it will help further prevent further losses. However, as far as the cardiac issues, those are a little trickier, and those need to be evaluated before making a blanket statement saying, "Yeah, you're good to go on it at any point." Okay, but can you find a doctor who would be willing to look at this with an open mind? Or are you going to find so many CYA doctors who will say, no, I don't want to give it to you? Well, I think if you find if somebody who's out there isn't really you know up and, and willing to do it, I think what you want to do is go to that menopause list because I think most of the mm. people who are listed as far as a menopause expert probably have a pretty good idea of what's going on and the pros and the cons and can give you the pros and give you the cons because you want to mm. hear both. That's the important thing. And Dr. Minkin, as far as you're concerned, and I don't know how old you are, but do you believe in this for something for yourself? Will you be taking hormone replacement therapy? Well, I've been taking it since I was menopausal, so yes. <laughs> okay. So the answer is yes. And I shouldn't be afraid of my 0.375 dose. I shouldn't cut it in half. I'm okay with 0.375, doctor. What do you think? That's that's a still a pretty low dose. That's so what I mean. I've started on the lowest again, dose. I was cutting it in half, and then I was forgetting my words, so I, I brought it back to a full patch. The heck with it. Yeah, and that's not a and that's not a high dose. There are patches that come in a point one level, so you're, you're not so on a I'm high good. dose at all. I'm good. Doctor Minkin, well, what a pleasure. Obviously, you want to, to evaluate all the medical stuff. <laughs> obviously, listen, we all have to be our own doctors. You know that. You know that we all have to that's be our true. own doctors. We have to participate. Absolutely. So madamovary.com, M-A-D-A-M-E-O-V-A-R-Y.com is your fabulous website. Dr. Minkin, thank you so much for coming back on the show. What a pleasure. Well, Lisa, thank you for the kind invitation, and uh, thanks for uh, having a chance to talk to some of your folks listening there. Oh, yeah. We're going to keep at it for sure. Got to tell women what to do to age gracefully and beautifully and healthily. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.